0: So say that again. I think the cameras are on. I'm going
1: to, I'm going to, I'll put it out there. I say, I, I, you know, one of the statements that I, I to, to the core of my being uh, that I do, it doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't connect with me. And I absolutely hate it um, is when people say this is a war for talent. It's not, this is an absolute unequivocal race to engage and whoever engages first and best is going to set themselves up to to create a, a winning organization. It really is all about engagement and how we engage and how we are enabling the candidate and the recruiter to build a meaningful relationship. But there's no war here, right? It's about experience and engagement. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been a fan of that, and I have. I I know that in my
0: career,
2: I have used that phrase. I'm sure we, we all have. Of it at one point in time. But we all have. I've never I been mean, from McKinsey it. from 1997. That's how far back all of that shit goes yeah. and and if you read the article that McKinsey wrote, most of the companies they talked about that were winning the war for talent they the leaders either went to jail or went out of business <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just saying I, mean, I don't even know how to respond to that Jerry. I don't think you need <laughs> to respond I think that statement that Jerry just said stands on its own. <laughs>
0: Well, I guess uh, on that note, are you are you guys uh, are you guys ready to go? Sure. Ready. All right, we'll jump right in. Welcome to the CXR Channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right, howdy and hello. Welcome back to another broadcast uh, where we are streaming live. I am your host, Matt Damon. Uh, for the next 20 minutes, we're going to talk about uh, what's going on in the talent acquisition space. I'm going to bring in my spirit animal, Ben Affleck. Ben, how are you?
2: I'm just, just fine. <laughs> you
0: That's never know what you're going to We're gonna ourselves. God yeah. bless yeah just making some shit up today. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got, we got some fun stuff to talk about today. Uh, the the topic of candidate experience is certainly a focus for us. We have an event coming up. Uh, you can always check that out. CXR.org slash events. Anybody who's listening, uh, for members only, we've got that set up. Uh, we are actually offering, I think we've got two seats, uh, that are open, uh, for the candidate experience event. We're going to be in St. Louis in September. Uh, if you're interested, you want to attend to that, you think your organization qualifies, uh, you you are passionate about candidate experience, and your org is leaning in on that work, and you'd like to attend, let us know. We'll set up an interview. Uh, we're going to mix it up a little bit and have a couple of uh, a guests that we'll be able to attend. We'll even feed you. There may even be wine. Will there be wine, Terry, at the meeting? I I would hope so. A <laughs> little, little, bit, little bit of vino uh, somewhere for anybody. Uh, but it, we are excited uh, to bring in our guest. First time uh, on the show uh, to come in from Phenom. He's going to talk a little bit about there's a brand new report that has been published. We're going to share a link to that so anybody can download that. But it's definitely worth taking a look at. Uh, Cliff, come on in from the break room. There you are out of the
1: green room. Cliff, we're glad you made it today. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. And always great to see and speak with Jerry as well. That's right. And, and Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. <laughs> and anybody else who wants to join the show. How, however you guys want to you know, label yourselves. We're all about That's it. it we're all about the labels up in here.
0: Uh, okay. So let's do this, Jeff, uh, Cliff, excuse me for, I almost called you like a whole other celebrity name. So, <laughs> so Cliff, uh, for those who have not met you, for those who do not know uh, who you are, the work that you do over at Phenom, why don't we give you a second to sort of set the stage. If you'll give us sort of an escalator pitch, give us a couple of minutes, a little bit of background and what you do today and, and why we should even pay attention to you today.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really good, uh, question. And I'll try to answer that. Um, I am. I'm with uh, Phenom, and uh, I've been with Phenom now, um, uh, uh, coming up on my eighth year. I'm employee 21 of now, you know, 15, 1600 as as we've grown. My first role with Phenom was uh, I was the first executive in charge of service and delivery to help build that organization out. You know, left that role to really work at a more strategic level. Just with my background, Um, I'm a former. creative director for Philly's largest international ag- agency at the time. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm a trained musician and pilot. Uh, I'm a technologist uh, and, and engineer. Um, so the, my, my very background has really helped me understand, you know, where the problems in this particular domain exist and connecting with clients um, at from the highest level down to the folks sitting at the front line, you know, delivering uh, these services and, and experiences, and so you know, why should anyone listen to me? Well, I think the big thing is um, where where Phenom has come in this domain, and, and we've worked with really uh, you know great competitors in this market that have rallied around uh, the the idea that experience is important. When we uh, first really started 12 years ago, you had to convince people that anything other than uh, a basic job advertisement was important. So, candidate experience was not something we invented, but something we looked at the consumer space and said, "Why do consumers run to Amazon and eBay and and then to Shopify and you know some of these other um, you know big platforms from a consumer space?" And it was experience. And so, we incorporated that. And then we, as a domain. Um, all of our, and I'll say this because Aaron Matus is, is uh, one of my favorite people in this business, who was the founder of Paradox, says it's co-opetition, right? We are all working towards the same thing. We solve problems a little bit differently, but the importance of this domain cannot be understated. And the success that we've all had in the last, I'll say five years, there's been a dramatic increase in the interest of delivering on experience um, has been important. So it really just boils down to our collective experience, uh, not mine, not just with Phenom, but just being in this domain and working with a lot of great uh, partners and competing against a lot of great companies, um, demonstrating the value.
0: But I love that, and I want to. I do want to take a quick time out to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Cliff, you might have the most cultured background we, we've ever seen on the show. I'm going to put you back in full screen, really quick. We have we have a piano. Yeah, we have a chessboard. Uh, we have the podcast. We certainly have some interesting art that's going
1: on back there. Are you a Renaissance man? Is that what <laughs> I Here, Here's what I would say. The art is my wife. So all the art in the house, she's a fine oil painter. She's also a musician. I'm, I'm a musician. I was a touring musician for 12 years, um, you know, in my early days. We still play. We have a music studio at the house. And uh, my wife has, uh, you know, a gig coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, I, and here's what I would say. I have a couple of, of – Real interest. Music is is. I go very deep with music. I, you know, uh, two years ago in 2020 and 2021, I was an agent for uh, a young guy by the name of Louis Knight, who finished top seven two years in a row on American Idol. Did a tour with him during COVID, uh, which was incredible. We did 32 cities, 7,000 miles in three weeks. Um, You know, all all while doing this job too. So you know, I didn't take time off from that um so i am lucky and i'm I'm lucky in the sense that um i'm given the opportunity to do some of these things because they benefit and and here you want to talk about candidate experience right so I'll, I'll draw the parallel i think this is important okay. it's not just about the professional work that we do it's about everything about us holistically um and and so my experience as a pilot and a musician Um, I owned a restaurant for, all. my dad was a chef. So I owned a restaurant for four years and was involved with that. Um, All of those things play into who I am. And so it's not just about my resume. It's about how do we bring that out in the the candidate experience with recruiters, with sourcers and hiring managers so that they understand the whole person, not just the the slice of me that might be the professional day-to-day. I think in this domain, and I keep talking about it, but you know, the technology that supports the work that we do, it's important because again, not just Phenom, but all of us are trying to get to that. We're trying to uncover the things that make the individual unique, stand out and contribute to the values and culture of an organization. And that's the whole idea behind candidate experience. It's not just, you're gonna have a great experience. It is, you have an opportunity to really represent who you are. So. Am I a Renaissance man? I don't know. That's for others to decide. All I know is there are certain things that that define who I am, and and help uh, really help uh, you know define my values as a human being. And work is just a piece of that. Right? I,
0: I I feel more unaccomplished than I have felt. <laughs> a that's a lot. That's a lot to digest, but really impressive.
2: Wow what i love what i love about it too though is is it was only a few years ago where we really focused on people compartmentalizing those issues and and that it was somehow you know you didn't want to share all of who you were you wanted to focus in on the quote business side period rather than the diversity that we all bring you know to the to the environment and embracing all of that, being willing to do that, um, and I, I just think, uh, you know, we have made a shift, whether it was pre-pandemic or p- part of pandemic, whatever. But we are moving to that side where I do think we're trying to bring our entire selves to work, and to other things. I, I think I think there was an effort, uh, Jason Sidon. Who who
0: may have been the one who started to push, and I'm I'm gonna get the term pro personal. He was trying to push this term pro and God love him, like like years before anybody was even thinking that way. And to your point, Jerry, we kept everything in buckets. And I remember being a very young recruiting leader, and I would get um, I would get a little irritated when you'd be on a conference call and there'd be a baby crying, or there'd be some background noise that should have been that wasn't strictly professional. And I think it's a very different scenario right now. Cliff, I don't know if you have kids, but if they come running through the background, I don't think anybody actually cares in 2023. Like it's mm-hmm. a, we are at a very different time. And I think that piece that, that Jason was pushing, we, we had a lull in that. But I think now to your point, you're like, we're back. Like it is about the whole self and the whole person. And I, I just, I love that direction. I just hope, we, I hope we hold on to it as, a, as an industry of, of hirers, right? Of the people who are making the hiring decisions.
1: Yeah, I, I I would agree. I think, and, and I do. I have a I have a, a four and a seven year old. Um, I, I I have I had a third son. Um, he was twenty six. He passed away in twenty twenty during COVID. Um, you know, and that experience is also something that you know. Again, when you think about what happens in our personal lives and how it can transcend everything, you know, the the loss of a child. My wife and I started a um, what is the the right now, at least this country's only flight service dedicated to serving those that, um, you know, with mental health and addiction issues. I, I myself am a recovering alcoholic. I'm very open about it. I speak about it a lot to demystify, destigmatize what that means. Um, and, and I think, you know, these are things that when, when you feel connected to an organization, as I feel to Phenom, as I feel to other organizations, being able to be myself um, and not worry about negative judgment, I think is the most freeing thing that we can do for any human being. Um, and so, Jerry, when you talk about diversity, and of course, you think of the equity and inclusion piece, that, that equity piece, it, you know, it's t- treating everyone equal regardless of their experience, and maybe, 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 just maybe learning from their experience. Mm-hmm. So, I, this is all part and parcel to why I think a lot of these technologies that are being built the right way and and hopefully being implemented the right way to bring these, I, here, I, I'll say it this way. If we can use technology to make space for this kind of conversation, isn't the world a better place? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I
2: love that. You you, you did say though that, you know, in building these technologies, you want to hope, if you will, that they're being used in that way and and fundamentally i think that this next level that i i really want to see from vendors and suppliers is being able to set a, a, some baseline standards for how you would use us and and if you're not able to you know to to leap to that level then uh you really can't be a client and and that's that's a tough issue I will say, Kirk Crossroads has uh, used that uh, to turn down many people who might wanted to have paid us because we didn't think that they were ready. Yeah. But I do believe that that misuse of some of the technology in our field in talent acquisition um, tar[s] all of us, and we have some responsibility to ensure, or at least, or empower, or at least in you know encourage. Our, our clients uh, to, to you know, get a beyond baseline.
1: Yeah, I think that's why it's important. Th- this organization, CXR, is really important because it's bringing this group together to say, how do we help set the standard? If you take it even further and talk about the use of AI, and there's a lot around AI bias and, and fear of AI, and I think we've done a great job of extolling the benefits of AI as as a use case in recruitment and retention. But we haven't satisfied enough the, you know, the legal challenge uh, yeah. that is coming for that. And so the, so you're right, Jerry. like when when I say hope, that's because we have work to do uh, right. in this domain in order to educate uh, how do okay. we ensure, fairness and responsibility and accountability in these technologies. And
2: I I absolutely believe that doing that collectively as an industry, as a profession, um, we should be able to move the needle and we need to do more of that.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, well, talk to us a little bit about, I think, to some of those points. because now, Matt Cliff, I just feel like I could talk to you all day uh, about, about any number of things, uh, and, and you're going to have an opinion I want to hear about. But, but talk to us a little bit about, I mean, you guys at Phenom just did a report where you took in, I think, um, Fortune 500 organizations. You talked about attracting and engagement. Can, you, you released this state of experience, right, of candidate experience report that has just come out. We'll put a URL up here in a second. Uh, but can, can you talk to us a little bit about this? I'll see if I can pull one up on the screen for those who may be watching.
1: Yeah, sure. So, so every year the, for the last seven years, we've looked at the Fortune 500 because it's just a really great group of companies leading the market in their various verticals or in multiple verticals. And how are they doing with candidate experience? So we're using what is really an unbiased measurement. So there's a, a, a number of calculations. We go through it in the report, as you, as you have on the screen there, um, You know what, what some of those are and, and the methodology behind it. But really what we're looking at is how well are you engaging, attracting and converting you know, based on your digital experiences. So your career site, are you using a chatbot, things of that nature. And, and so, you know, we pick out elements that we know are going to be important, like responsive design, how well is your search working? Um, you know, are you using AI in really smart ways? Are you pre-filling things? Are, are you removing unnecessary steps and challenges and clicks, you know, in the process? There's a couple of things that I think really stand out. And, and I'd love to hear Jerry's take on this um, you know, in, in, in one of them is while there was an 80 plus percent increase in the use of a chat bot, an intelligent chatbot that uses natural language processing, conversational AI, um, still only 15% of fortune 500 companies are using it to help with recruiting. And the, the numbers, at least, and I'll give you phenom numbers because we know, obviously know ours really well, um, are undeniable. You know, when, if you, if you, uh, Parse out frontline workers, high volume from you know knowledge workers because they're slightly different use cases. But you know frontline workers are seventy plus percent willing to engage with a chatbot on a first visit to a career site. It's the first thing they go to. Forty one percent of those people will become a lead, meaning they're going to leave some information behind that says I'm interested in something. Right? Why don't you Why don't you tell me more? And seventy one percent will apply to a job. Those numbers are just crazy big um, for knowledge workers. In the one to two visits, 60% are engaging with the chatbot. You know, 42% are leaving information behind and 58% are applying to jobs through a chatbot. So, and if you draw that even farther, if you look at something like interview scheduling where you can automate the process, right? I've applied for a job, I've done some screening maybe, I've just somehow pre-qualified for work, I'm gonna get that first interview schedule. So you can go from first visit to scheduled interview in under three minutes. Now, that in terms of automation for everyone involved, that is a really great experience. You know, and, and then to get the subsequent communications after that, they can be automated, they can be, you know, human intervened, depending on how the, the system is set up and the use cases are different for each role. Um, but but now you're now you're nurturing. So you haven't just engaged, you've attracted, you've engaged, you've converted. And you're nurturing all in a matter of minutes with a single tool. And the power of that, like it befuddles me that there are companies that have the budget and time, and it doesn't take much to stand up a chatbot. It really doesn't. Like you look at us and, and, and some of the other competitors out there, Paradox is, is uh, I like their product. I'll just say it out loud. Um, you know, and, and we're good competitors. Like the way that we do things, it doesn't take long. To set this up, your return on investment happens very, very quickly, um, and and so why is the question?
0: Well, that that's what I was going to ask you because because it seems like there's two there's two streams of of argument here, right? Or two two different issues as you're talking about that. One is why wouldn't you implement it? right? Is that like, is it a cost issue? Is it a timing issue? Did the, did the pandemic and the pandemic emergence issue and budgets not, is that just put a pause on our evolution for tools like this that should be helpful? I mean, and there's probably a number of reasons, but I'm wondering one, does does the report out that or is it just kind of a thing where we're scratching our heads going, come on, TA leaders. Yeah, this so the doesn't report bring.
1: doesn't really out that, um, but I will tell, cause I think it's it's really experiential. And again, I think Jerry can contribute some feedback here. Uh, from what I see, it, it falls down to really two things. Um, leaders that, and I've heard this from a lot of leaders and I'll call them legacy leaders, re- really experienced individuals in their thing, but not experienced with technology have this mental barrier that, that this stuff doesn't work, right? I used a chatbot on X site and had a bad experience, so it, it just doesn't work. Um, so there, there's that, there's sort of just the legacy way of thinking that, that it doesn't, I know that it doesn't work even though the data says that it does. The second is just a, a perception that the, the investment in not in budget, but in time is, is gonna be too long for us to yield, yield a a beneficial return. Mm -hmm. And um, what I say to that is time's going to pass regardless. And if you're not doing this today, if you look at the, at the fortune 500 companies that are using chat technologies, their time to hire their quality of hire, their analytics around their and intelligence around their TA organization is much stronger, faster, deeper, better. Like it's just unequivocal. The, the 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 evolution that this particular technology can bring do do, do cliff let me ask you cuz i mean we do a monthly open mic with
0: heads of talent and it's open to, to our membership body you got 100 plus companies we typically get 25 to 30 folks on that call every month they're talking about whatever and it organ the, the 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 agenda sort of organically evolves it's 45 minutes a month and one of the issues that continues to sort of like a revolving door come back and we talked about it at one of our recent meetings is change management so the idea that just flipping a switch, whether it's on, uh, you know, a chat bot or an RPO or an ATS, but just turning it on will fix the issue. Uh, it seems to me, and this was kind of the second piece I was getting to earlier, is that turning this on seems like a no brainer to me. The, the data says the numbers don't lie. This is beneficial for your organization. It's lead gen out the wazoo. It, you know, but but what you've got on the back end of that is, well, how do I manage it? What do I have to do differently in order to reap the rewards of that. I can't just turn it on and say, well, gosh, Cliff, it didn't work. And so we're not gonna renew or I'm not gonna invest in that going forward. But like, I think there's a huge component here that gets missed on several elements within TA and that's the change management
2: aspect.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. I think looking at the change management piece is, and that's sort of that second piece, that's gonna take too long, it's too much stuff. Um, and, and this is where I think we've done a really good job in this domain of understanding it's a crawl walk run. You're not gonna turn on a hundred automations on day one, right? That's just not gonna happen. For a lot of our clients, what they turn on first is let's just start with job matching, right? Let's start with that level of personalization where you're having a conversation. Remember, a chatbot mm-hmm. is a 24-7 recruiter, it never is down right? So it's always there. That, and, I, and I'll say this, the piece that a lot of clients don't think about is the opportunity to engage culture and brand through a chatbot conversation. It's not just answering, here's a list of benefits we have, or here's the hours of work, or here's a bunch of jobs. It's like, here's why this work is important to us. Here's how you can play a part in that. Your mm-hmm. skills, you know, your values, here's how we contribute to that. So what we're seeing across the board is not just the talent uh, acquisition, you know, the the recruiters, talent marketers are getting involved. The marketing side of the business is getting involved saying, let's bind and align our core culture and brand message and value into every response. So I'm going to match you with a job and I'm going to tell you why this job is important to our organization and why you might actually be a really good fit to that. Like, come on into the conversation. So. That piece of it is absolutely a piece that takes discipline and takes time, but it's not something, let's, let's just put it this way. You know, when automobiles were invented and the horse and carriage trade looked at it as a fad and said, it's too expensive and let's not do it. And they, and they went all and bought a new factory and started building more carriages and in a matter of a decade, we're done. It became a novelty in a decade. So you can ignore these technologies at your peril because it will be at your peril. And all of a sudden your TA organization, it's not that the tool isn't being used. It's that you haven't set up your organization to be innovative. And that's the biggest challenge in all of these new technologies is that many organizations are are not set up for innovation. It's the first thing in a conversation that we need to talk about. What's your tolerance for change? What's the most recent thing that you've innovated on or changed in your organization? How did that go? Because that, and, and I was just interviewed, I think it was you know some publication where we were talking about this. That to me is the biggest barrier. You have You have organizations that are ready for innovation, understand change management. You have those that aren't. Mm-hmm. Both are good candidates, but the ones that aren't, that's where you start the conversation. Like, here's how you bring in this technology. Here's how you explain it, defend it, configure it, all of the, you know, all of the you know, adjectives or pronouns to describe what it needs to be. It's not about what the technology can do. It's about how to teach your organization and get them ready for future innovation.
2: I think, I think there's one piece that we have a lot of work still to do. And I agree with all of what's been said. Change management is a key issue. But one perspective that keeps being missed is the perspective of the employee and the candidate in relation to whether they're seeing what we're seeing. Because we keep on talking about what we see and the data we're collecting about about how people are using this or using that. Yet we're we're not making the linkage to the change in attitudes and behaviors of the candidate as or employee as a result of what we are seeing because we're not talking to them. And what I wanna know, for example, is whether or not the experience that we keep talking about, the candidate's experience converts, converts really to a perception on my part that this process is fairer for me helps me to be more competitive either with this job or since 99% of us are going to not go forward with the next job that I might be applying for. And, And so if we're engaging, truly engaging the candidate about how they perceive the experience, we're now gaining insights um if you will on what that data actually means and infers for how i'm going to behave in the future toward you towards your towards you as a customer you know the candidate who does not go forward who stops buying the product of that company that didn't didn't have a real good relationship with him or her um had we're not measuring that cost and i think if we when we start doing that those legacy ta leaders and hr leaders and and you know company leaders are going to see that linkage and i think become much more uh, amenable if you will to then setting up the kind
1: of change management that they really need to hmm. yeah I, I i you couldn't have said it better i mean we always have to the lens has to be from the inside out and, and too often it's outside in. And, and I'll put it this way. It's the difference between um, attraction versus promotion. Promotion is just what you're talking about. We're great. We have, we have all this data that says we're great, right? Attraction is saying, you know, come join us and, and be a part of something, um, you, know, you know, bigger than yourself, but being able to contribute, you know, attraction is, you know, why we want you here versus telling you, you need to be here. Um, So that is a mantra, Jerry, I I just could not agree more that uh, measuring how well we're attracting, how well we're delivering these things in terms of experience comes down to the talking to the individuals involved.
2: Yeah, I think some of lots of what you have in your report is very supportive of and and added value, if you will, to some of the kind of data that the talent board develops. Um, in, a, in in a, in a different way, and I know that Phenom has always been a a strong supporter of of the talent board. Yep. I think the combination of information that's coming in from different directions, I think, um, can be used to to be even more influential, if you will. In helping those legacy folks go, you know, we need we need to do something a little different.
0: Well, so let, well, let's touch on that because one of the differences in the way the the candidate experience delivers their information and in the way that this report from Phenom has come is that uh, there's rankings, there's like uh, there's listings, there's lot there's lots of data points in here, uh, and I like it. Like some of these look like a little bit of a punch in the face, and then others are like, oh, and I want to go check some of these out. I'm going to pull it back up, but. Um, Cliff, and I know we're coming up on time, but Cliff, can you walk us through maybe? Uh, let me see if I can turn that on again. There we go. Can you walk us through sort of maybe what we're looking at, uh, and and sort of the, the, a bit of methodology, a bit of history behind that? Why, why the choice to out the the Fortune companies, and uh, how, how how you guys came to do that?
1: Yeah, well, I, here's you know for, again, Fortune five hundred is is easy because it's. You know, it it is the five hundred companies that globally, everybody's looking at. And we actually do a version of this for the Euro 100 as well. Um, you know, these are leading companies. They're leading in their vertical, They're leading in a marketplace. they're They are attracting at least um, by brand a wide swath of the available talent. Um, and so our report is saying, how are you treating that talent? How are you also treating your own brand in representing, mm-hmm. That experience, and so when you break down, you know, attraction, engagement, and conversion, and then the AI piece, these are three big buckets that are easy for anyone to understand, right? So, are you are from attraction perspective, is the is how uh, candidates and applicants getting to you beneficial to their experience? Again, this is all from the candidate's perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, from an engagement, once they're there, are you doing things that are engaging? Are you? Do you have good content? Do you have good navigation? Are you using good tools? Like, I'll give you an example of, of something that isn't measured in this report, but we're we're going to start measuring it, is WCAG compliance. So your accessibility compliance that plays into diversity, equity, and inclusion in a really big way. You know, persons with disabilities are a huge audience, and and so are you doing the right thing in order to deliver the same experience to them as you would to an, a, an able-bodied person? Um, right. So you look at that engagement and, you, and, and you're looking at those things. Um, you know, the conversion is a very simple thing. How many steps are you putting between the person and applying for a job? It's, it's really that simple, right? And, and for a lot of ATSs, they have that, that login that you got to go through first and the mobile experience is horrendous. On, on Which most blows things. my mind in 2023 I, I it's I, I don't I don't understand it but look that's you know that's why as a domain to Jerry's point as a domain we can solve these problems right by, but we have to expose them first like you're not doing right by your counter I mean I had one client that it was six clicks to get to apply and it took seven minutes to get there. now who's going to go through that right and they're wondering why, that they they have a, a, a conversion their attraction was through the roof they're gonna they get a million people a month hitting their career site and they convert three percent three percent so all their marketing is doing a great job you know everything they say you know again the attraction piece doing awesome but once they get there it's falling completely flat because they're not managing the experience and not managing the technology so the AI piece is really simple when you talk about ai is it being leveraged away where the human is at the center of the purpose of the artificial intelligence of machine learning? Yeah. Is it there to make that experience hyper personalized so that every visit, every click, it's learning more as long as the candidate applicant is willingly you know, participating in that? Uh, and most do, by the way. 1.3% uh, don't. If anybody wants to know who, who does it, who turns off cookies and personalization just browses privately, it's 1.3%. You know, so AI is being used in a really big way. Um, But I think to Jerry's point, are we really measuring the effectiveness of that engagement? And that's one of the things we look at on, you know, through our tool. Um, It's clickstream data, it's behavioral data collection, um, how they're engaging with the technology. What is working and what isn't? And are you making that adjustment? Because I'll tell you, our algorithms, which we started using 12 years ago, are vastly different today than they were 12 years ago vastly like if they don't even look like they're the same thing and this is us as a domain looking at this and saying the need for innovation and change is constant and so measuring ourselves against that um you know and things like even nps score which is built into most platforms now you know as a simple way of just measuring you know uh, at the high hundred thousand foot view you know if you're at a 2.6 out of five you got problems you know, and you better be paying attention to, to how you're delivering things. So, so even something as simple as that literally can be implemented in an hour. You can implement an NPS score, you know, a survey system. Super simple, right? A lot of what you see here, it doesn't even require the client to buy Phenom or to buy Paradox. When you talk about improving search, improving navigability of a site, you know, making sure, sure that content is rotated um, and up to date um these are things that organizations can do without even buying new technology so again it's really just confusing and i get awestruck at the lack of paying attention to just the basics let alone bringing in something like a really cool conversational chatbot
0: yeah yeah well i agree so look for those uh who may be listening and not watching uh, you can get the report that we've had up on the screen uh, and that uh, Cliff's been talking about. It's cxr.work/phenomexperience, Phenom experience. And it's P-H-E-N-O-M Phenom, Phenom experience. Uh, and that'll get you directed over the report so you can grab it. Uh, I got to tell you, Cliff. So we do this, um, we do this at the end of every one of our podcast show and, and we're just so grateful to have you on. But if you, we, we ask this question every time, if you were going to write a book, about the state of things today, uh, based on what we've talked about, w- what do you think you would title that book?
1: Yeah. Um, innovate or die. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: I, I can't, I can't like
1: live free or die, but
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like <laughs> a little Liberty there. There's it okay. So then Cliff, who, who would you give
1: present company excluded? Who would you give, uh, the first signed copy to? I The first signed copy would have to go to my children. Uh, undoubtedly you know and 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 why is is not for the reason that you might think it's because this is the world they're growing up in at 4 and 7 years old if they don't understand change management and innovation and and, and you know just what we started you know for those of us that are old enough to know you know back in the 80s you know started really with this computer and technology age um, it is only if you look at generative ai the speed at which innovation is happening is unprecedented, and that's not going to unless we turn the electricity off. It's not going to stop. So this is this is this is the change that's in front of us. This is what we have to teach our children, and so I would hope that that lesson would be born on my kids first. I love that. The only adoption we're seeing happen faster is. Uh just to show your
0: disdain for Elon Musk is just downloading threads. I think that's the only thing we've seen yeah. go
1: faster. <laughs> One quick thing about threads. Threads will, will all that's just hype. Um, threads is not, in the long run, it's not gonna be Twitter. not Not by a long shot.
0: No. Nah, well, we'll we'll see. There's an there's an argument there, and you've got is it blue sky? I think you've got blue, blue sky, sky yeah. uh, right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, you guys, so we'll see.
1: We'll see who who who's got what. It's a it's a fun fight to watch. Everybody has has counted Elon Musk out how many times in his yeah. career? And, and I just say don't. The guy is one of the smartest, most you know, uh, brilliant people on the planet. Whether you like him or not, that's a it's undeniable. If you
0: if you replace people with replace people with manchild, I, I would agree with you. Yeah,
1: 10. Right.
0: Innovative manchild, is, sure. is unlimited resources. Yeah. All right, Clint. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We're, we're super grateful of your time. We really, really appreciate it, and uh, we we hope you have a great uh, great remainder of your summer. Yes. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Chris. And good good stuff. Discussion. Thanks, everybody. And we'll we'll see everybody next week. And again, uh, if you're interested in coming out to the uh, candidate experience meeting that we've got coming up in September, you just info us or email us at info at cxr uh, and we'll set up an interview and see if you qualify. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you next time on the show.